turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. It's earnings season. I got a lot to talk about, and we will talk about 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. World Series is over. We're moving towards the end of the year and uh, moving towards a very political year next year. House is voting on an impeachment resolution. Very dramatic stuff. It could be must-see TV. Sometime in 2020, when will the court case get started on TV is a question, right? You should know these things. They can move your stocks. Markets opened essentially in the red today. Apple's up. Facebook's up. Starbucks is up. Lyft is up. And yet the markets are lower. All four of them came in after the bell yesterday and reported better than expected results. The only, I'm not going to say shady one in there, is Lyft. Those are all brand names. Everyone's favorite story yesterday was the markets came off a nice post-FOMC meeting where the Fed seems basically unlikely to raise the target range of the Fed funds rate anytime soon, and Wall Street will party. And that's what Wall Street did. Now, what's the headline spoiler today? Trade talks, Chinese officials. We got to have something that's going to get us upset, right? Chinese officials are having their doubts about a comprehensive trade deal ultimately being reached. Something kind of fell apart yesterday. The U.S. and China was supposed to meet in Chile soon. And Chile is having structural problems in their economy to the point that the people don't want a big summit there. They want bread on the table or chicken on a table or something, right? China also reported some softer-than-expected manufacturing numbers. There's a little bit of damping stuff out there. First time on initial claims for the United States ending in the week of October 26 rose to 218,000. It's a good number. It's not a great number. I mean, it's not the greatest number we've ever had. We are laying off people. But um, initial jobless claims, you've been fired. Now go to the unemployment office. Where's the unemployment office? Now go online and figure out what to do. The employment cost index came out, showed a little bit of inflation. Wages and salaries for civilian workers out there up 2.9% year over year. It's not bad in theory. I question how many of those are new states starting higher minimum wages. Personal income rose three-tenths of percent in September. All okay numbers. 
Yesterday, the 10-year Treasury hit 1.85%. We seem to be out of the woods of the 1.55, 1.65 range where people go, what is happening in the U.S. economy that we're this freaked out? But that's still anything under 3.5% or 3%, if you were to say a new norm would be 3%, anything under 3.5% on the 10-year Treasury tells you that people are stressed. They're hiding money in safety. China had some weak economic data, so there's, there's reason to be skittish. Bank of Japan left its key policy rate unchanged. All righty then. Twitter CEO did something fantastic yesterday. Moments before Facebook announced their earnings, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey said Twitter will no longer be taking political advertising globally. That include campaign ads from political candidates and issue-based ads on topics like climate change or abortion. The move comes just weeks after Facebook said, we will not block false political advertising. People have the right to free speech and to paid free speech. Wow. Is that true, do you think? Zuckerberg basically said a couple weeks ago, he's on record now saying, if you want to lie in a political ad, Facebook will take your money. I can't get on air on air and say, I guarantee you'll make 10% or a guaranteed 9% rate of return in real estate. I can't do that. I can't lie. The, the powers that be that oversee broadcasting in radio and television and in financial planning, their standards. I can't go into a movie theater and scream fire. Otherwise, I'll go to jail. So why can we take political ads that blatantly falsely lie? It's going to be an interesting year because Dorsey's getting into a thing now with Zuckerberg. And when billionaires fight, it is a good slap. They, they, they take off the gloves, right? Dorsey said this week, last week, when uh, he was asked about would he ever join Zuckerberg and Facebook with their Libra, their cryptocurrency project. And he goes, hell no. Not just no, but hell no. So the ball's in court now on Facebook. They had a great quarter. I like the stock. I think it's growing at a reasonable valuation. Is that good enough for you, the, of an endorsement? Consultant broker advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned. Anything can happen. It can be a bad political year, which Facebook has said, we're going to spend a ton of money this year. So it's an infrastructure year for 2020, according to Zucks. Changing gears. Apple's quarter had huge AirPod growth. It had huge wearable business growth, an astounding 50% clip. Now, I'm, I'm not one to exaggerate. If I've told you once, I've told you a million times not to exaggerate. I'm not one to exaggerate. But 50% wearable growth is stunning. Apple is beating AirPods forecast weekly right now. Double-digit growth is sustainable. I The Apple AirPods Pro that they just silently dropped on the market two days ago. It's 250 bucks. Do you remember when we'd be like, I need a new headset? Or do you remember when you put like wire, uh, really, so when you had a Sony Walkman and the, the, the quality of the, Air, of the, Air, uh, the head pad, 
speakers. Um, the quality just wasn't there. And he's like, 10, 15 bucks. And you're like, oh, it broke. Oh. Apple has got us spending $250 to listen to our, our stuff. If you look at like a sound bar that you could buy for your TV, they, they range 250 to 1,000, right? Little AirPods. We laughed at them when we first saw them. I got a pair almost instantly. Still have them. They're still rocking it. Filthy. I need to, ugh. I'm one of those people who has a filthy AirPod case. You want to try mine on? Don't ever try my AirPods on. Um, Apple's wearables unit has room to grow. There's a lot of iPhone owners who don't have an Apple Watch or AirPods. The Apple Watch revenue grew 24%, the most popular watch on the planet. AirPods revenue grew 107%, and the AirPod Pros coming out like perfect for the hot Christmas gift item this year. Just throwing it out there for you. Real good quarter. Apple hit an all-time high recently, uh, and I, I think they have the market performance in them. I don't think it's going to get you into a lot of trouble. I don't think it's going to hit a massive home run for you. It's having a great year. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Big event coming up in November. I'm coming out to speak. You can learn a little bit more about it by going to newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So we're a little bit more than halfway through earnings season right now. And the markets are pulling off all-time highs. It's interesting to note, right? Earnings weren't a problem last night, but this morning, we're a little bit like, okay, maybe what's next? People keep asking me about, would I buy PG&E? The answer is no. There used to be a skit on television, In Living Color. I want to say Damon Wayans. It could have been Marlon Wayans. Homie the Clown. Could have been a different Wayans brother. But the kids would come up to Homie the Clown. He's an African-American clown. He's got a little bit of, how should we say, ghetto in him. They would come up to the clown and say... Hey, homie, hey, homie, hey, homie, can you make give me a balloon? And he goes, homie, don't play that game. That's kind of what I'm trying to get at when it comes to would I buy PG&E. The New York Times did an amazing article yesterday on will PG&E survive the California wildfires? And they looked at the hedge funds and fire victims and public officials, all who have a stake in the giant utility, now in bankruptcy. If you've never read the New York Times, I highly recommend it. Could be a good stocking stuffer for people that you love and care about. Um, I think a subscription's unbelievably um, helpful to understanding the business world. I think the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Barron's all do a very, very nice job. And great article on it. Again, I'm not going to be going after investing in the wildfire angle that way. I will note that Generac is a company that has a lot of momentum tied towards the PG&E power cuts. I talked about it recently. As grim as it may be, the backup generator maker Generac is soaring as power gets cut off in the Bay Area. People freak out. I've seen more people ask for a generator 
than I've ever seen in my life. Now, again, I don't live near a hurricane alley or a tornado alley. I don't live anywhere near any of that. California used to be this, like, we had moderate, mild temperatures. But now we are leading the demand in the country for generators. Caught totally off guard. What happens when you get caught totally off guard? Someone makes big money. For Generac, they've seen a three to 400% increase in volumes coming into California. So then I start wondering, would I chase this stock? Homie, don't play that game. I'd look for maybe a 50-day moving average or a 200-day moving average, 50-day if you're more short-term, 200-day if you're more long-term. It's got a $5.6 billion market cap. It can move up, but what do they have after generators? And I guess generators have a life lifespan and they have to be replaced. They have a 75% market share of the residential home generator space. They've installed 2 million generators in family homes across the United States out of an estimated, how many single family homes do you think there are in the US? 52 million roughly. So market pullback, I'd be interested. But in the middle of a wildfire, you're paying a premium price. In the middle of a hurricane, you're paying a premium price for the stock. Do I think the trend's still there? Yes, I do. In large part, you had an executive come out from PG&E recently who said, it could be a decade, 10 years of power outages. Someone on my street asked, how do you power a CPAP machine? It's honestly as if people have never lost power. If you've ever been overseas, you lose power. But yeah, again, it brings up uh, a lot of good ideas as far as how we can make money as investors. Apple's laying the groundwork for an iPhone subscription. Don't even want to talk about that right now. They had a nice quarter. They're moving up nicely. Um, but the, the go-go days, how long can the wearables have run? The one thing that Apple has that... Uh, it kills companies like Samsung and Google, is they've got R&D. Google's not making a lot of money on their hardware. Samsung loses money because they, they, they shoot for the moon trying to outdo Apple. But Samsung's got other diversification that at some point in time, people are getting tired of their uh, loss leader, so to speak. So what's Apple got coming up next year? I don't know, but people laughed at the watch. People laughed at the AirPods. Uh, Steve Ballmer said the phone will never catch on. There is an ecosystem there, and I'll, I'll tell you what. Having a speaker made by Apple is unbelievably easy to play by music. The ecosystem is what I like at my age. I don't like, I don't like troubleshooting anymore. Nearly one in four Americans without a credit card don't qualify. Here's some problems that you may run into if you're trying to qualify for a credit card. You may not have enough of a credit history. It's weird. You need, a, you need credit to earn credit, to have a good credit score. So typically, you can go with like a secured credit card. Another reason you may be denied is low income or unemployed. Why would you get a credit card if you don't have an ability to pay it back is obvious to the people lending you money. 
if you have a history of missed payments, you can get turned down. If you carry too much debt or if it starts jumping up on a, a quarterly basis or a monthly basis, they see the creep. Here creep. <laughs> too many credit inquiries. That's a classic one. And sometimes you just don't meet the age. Did you know that the Credit Card Act of 2009 prohibit card issuers from extending credit to applicants under 21? Unless they could get a co-signer or show proof of income. Don't forget to check your credit on occasion at annualcreditreport.com, annualcreditreport.com. You can get up to three credit reports per year. If you've never done it, think about it. If you're close to a work printer today, go to annualcreditreport.com. See what it looks like. See if it's right. See if there's mistakes on it. See if it's got your right mailing addresses. It's a good exercise. Don't pull it. Don't pull it for your dog or anything like that. Let's not get too crazy. Anyhow, and anyway, it's Rob Black. I'm talking all things financial. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Thanks for listening to the show. Um, don't be shy. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. And find me at the next seminar at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Feel obligated to do as her son? Is that horrible of me to say? Probably is. Some cultures want mom and dad as they age to be in the home. As we all... You know, from the cradle to the grave, become the world needing people, we leave the world needing people. And that's what long-term care does. It helps people who have needs. For instance, do you want extended care? Do you want long-term care? Do you want in-home care? Home modifications as part of your insurance? Assisted living, which is kind of where my mother is at this point in time. We did the in-home care, step one. The home modifications were thought of as my mother aged, but she was very stubborn. My father passed away over 20 years ago. My mother was stubborn to change things. I think it's fair to say she loved one man her whole life. But when we did the in-home care and her mind started to slip... She started accusing the caregiver of stealing stuff from her. Very common, right? You see it in movies. That's what I mean by very common. If you've seen it in a movie, it's, it's become mainstream. But there's four or five ways of looking at long-term care. At some point in time, you're going to need help. Getting dressed. Eating. Bathing. Tracking your medicines. So that's the pretty side of, of long-term care and long-term care insurance. The dressing, eating, and bathing. These are activities of daily living, ADLs. You may start on the extreme side need, instead of dressing, people helping you with your continence. Adult diapers. Oof. Right? Or toileting. My mother, as she aged, she had a couple strokes. 
and uh, you know it, it was humbling as a kid or you know me as an adult because as a kid she took care of me so watching a parent age is you want to do everything you can for them and then it got to the point where I was like I can't do any more she wouldn't want me to do more but I can help fund it and you know I can help support other family members who are helping out so there's a lot going on with long-term care and long-term care insurance can help families because it reduces the financial burden. My mom is now in assisted living, kind of nursing home. Assisted living is, is nice. It's got some dignity before you go to the nursing home and before you go to hospice. So long-term care insurance covers in-home care. That's great. Have a nurse come to the house and make sure your meds look good or have someone come in and clean up a little bit home modifications so that when you do have a stroke and you slip and you break your hip or you're just too weak to get back up home modifications are smart the old i've fallen and i can't get up it happens my mom uh, fell one day out of her bed which do you remember in the day i don't know i don't understand it seems like the bed's a little too high and when you get older, you're balancing the greatest. And if you miss medication or you over-medicate yourself, you're going to fall and you're going to break the stuff. So my mom was in a house that, you know, my brother David would call me and say, she's going to eventually die in this house. So me and my brother David and my sister Susan came up with a way to you know, get her into assisted living. After that, it's going to be uglier. And assisted living's seventy dollars $80,000 a year. Sometimes it jumps up a little bit more as they have to do more nursing and, and doctor visits. But it's not pretty. So, in my opinion. But why do we care about long-term care insurance? Because it helps families. Like I said, reduce the financial burden of $70,000, $80,000 a year. You can choose where you want to have your care, which gives you a lot of independence. If it's in-home care, home modifications, assistant living. And hopefully, you know, there's enough money and there's enough insurance out there to help fill gaps in long-term care. But long-term care is real. And one of the things I throw out there is I tend to think that long-term care is more of a woman's issue. And again, maybe that's the sexist Rob Black glaringly showing his flaws. That, you know, I've seen more men, men die earlier and men die, tend to marry younger, Right. So my mom was doing a lot of the long-term care for my dad. My dad's long been warm food and not able to do long-term care for my mom, right? Now, he did work in the military, so he did give her, leave her some benefits tied towards long-term care. You know, in the military, you may have to fight your free country, and you may have to die, and you may have to do things like that. But they do tend to take pretty good care of their, their people with, with benefits. One area that a lot of people don't like talking about, and I can make it as simple as possible, is estate planning. And estate planning is one of those topics that if you have a house in the state of California, you should probably get a trust. So as to avoid probate for your heirs. Maybe you want to skip a trust if you don't have heirs, or you don't care about your heirs. But there's five simple things with estate planning. You need a trust. Or a will. That's two of the five. 
you need to understand the concept of probate, power of attorney, and the advanced health care directive. Picasso and Prince both died without a will. Who is the better genius between the two? Picasso or Prince? They both went by one name. You have to be considered somewhat of a master to be one-named, right? So, a trust, probate, power of attorney, a will, advanced health care directive, all help provide for your family. If I die, I want my ashes spread here. If I'm hospitalized, I want to stay in a coma forever and ever. Or if I'm in a coma, you can pull life support after a week or a month or a year. You want to get a trust, a will, advanced health care directives, power of attorney, to help plan for disabilities. They're going to happen. The odds of you being disabled and missing time from work are way higher than the odds of you dying before 60. You could lower your expenses when you die by having a trust or a well where things can get challenged and things do get challenged and slow down in courts to make sure that you know your house wasn't tied towards something terrible or that you have your house that you didn't take it away from someone else. The title's clean. And also estate planning can keep a business running smoothly. If you know anyone who has a small business, setting up the right amount of life insurance and things along those lines, putting it in your trust, putting it in the will, so like one business partner can actually just die and his wife doesn't have to like sue the other partner for what was was value, what should have been sold on an open market in a good market, a good economy, in a bad economy. Those are things that you don't want, in my opinion. You want things a little bit more clear. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. Trying to explain some of the ideas, investments, and cash, and insurance, so that you have a better idea of what you know, mistakes you're making. Like, If I were to put life insurance, this is an area where it upsets me. Because I, I tend to find that you as an individual trust other people, and sometimes to a fault. Um, you know, you went to college, you did your stuff, you have a job, you got married, you have a baby, and now you have to understand about life insurance in case you die and your spouse needs that income or your baby needs that money that you were going to earn over the next 20 to 30 years so that that baby can go to college. And it stinks because you would think that's it. It's not. It's more complicated from there. And what do I mean by that? It's something along the lines of there's whole life insurance, there's variable life insurance, there's term life insurance. And the truth is the one that you need is term. And you invest the rest. It's what I've done. Now, do you think I'm going to buy whole life or term life? Which one am I going to buy? The better product, right? I bought term life. It's low commissions to no commissions. And it covers the years where people need my income. Short term, the spouse. Long term, the kids. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. 
Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. We can talk about anything you want to talk about. A lot of Americans think carrying credit card balances improves your credit scores, and it doesn't. You may want to rethink that. One in five credit card users or 43 million Americans carry a balance or pay the minimum, thus always owing money to your credit card company. They think it improves your credit score. You think it improves your credit score. Carrying a balance is not one of the factors that goes into creating a FICO score. Payment history, amounts owed, length of credit history, credit mix, new credit are some of the facets and the only facets that determine your credit score. Payment history, amount owed, length of credit history, credit mix, and new credit. So a lot of Americans kind of flub that one. That's okay. I get it. You get it. We all get it. Um... Let's talk Bitcoin for a second. Bitcoin was one of the stories that as 2017 ended, it was hot and sexy. And as 2018 played out its first half, Bitcoin wasn't, wasn't very exciting. So as an investor or as a listener, as someone who wants to maybe think about it or next time around, get in before it pops, right? You got to say, you would have been pretty happy with the last three months of 2017, right? And you go, yeah, you, I would have made a lot of money. How would you have felt if you had bought the first day of the year and then lost a lot of money or a lot of value? Bitcoin's interesting. It's a cryptocurrency. It's offered peer-to-peer. It's fast. It's anonymous. They're very low fees over time. Some people feel like Depending on which company you use to set up your account and trade your account, it could be pretty pricey. No bank account required. I don't know how I feel about that. As a guy who's not afraid of banks, like I, it's been a while since I've had that banks are bad kind of thought. Bitcoin is decentralized and it's got global reach. So it's fast, it's anonymous. No bank account required, decentralized, and global reach. The downsides, in my opinion, it's not insured. It's not widely accepted in any way, shape, or form, but people think, give it time. The price is too damn volatile for me. I like consistency. Payments are irreversible. So there's some... It can get lost, fear to it. Bitcoin is not stored in a wallet, as in the leather wallet in your back pocket. It's stored in a Bitcoin wallet online. So that's the basics of Bitcoin, right? Its features are that it's fast and it's anonymous. Low fees. It could be a currency for a country where you have governments manipulating their currency or hurting their citizens. 
It's decentralized. It's got a global reach, but it's not insured. It's not widely accepted. So if you go that direction, you're, you're basically adding extra risk because it's not insured. It's not widely accepted. It's volatile. And it's irreversible. So if you lose it, you lose it. Which I'm sure there's been movies about someone losing a Bitcoin fortune, right? I'm not yet on to Bitcoin in large part because of uh, the f- not the fear. I want to be careful how I say this. The uh, the a lot of uh, let's just put it this way: you can't buy a Slurpee with it, but you can find a drug deal. So I'm not naive. A robo advisor. What is a robo advisor? This is something I would have to explain to my father if he were alive, right? Oh, my stockbroker's coming to have lunch with me. Oh, and he always buys. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, right? Back in the, that day and age. So the robo-advisor versus a financial advisor. A robo-advisor, in theory, is going to be unbiased. Whereas a financial advisor is going to have the ability to give you customizable product. A robo-advisor will have low fees all the time. A financial advisor will be able to give you emotional support. Pick up the phone and say, hey, I see that you've you know, been spending a lot on alcohol lately. Hey, I see that you've been spending a lot on vacations. Hey, I see that your spouse just bought a fur coat. Is everything okay in the marriage? Emotional support. There's a big transition, like uh, Trump gets into office. What's it going to do to the economy? Robo-advisor can't help you on that one, but a financial advisor can. Robo-advisor is going to give you a lot of tax efficiencies. That's what they're set up for. A financial advisor is going to give you a lot more control. A robo-advisor is going to give you automation which, let's put it this way, I'm thrilled that when I was 18 years old, I had a mutual fund, and I robo-advised it, kind of. I said, you know, take the money from my checking account. I sent them a copy of my check, signed, and wouldn't the void over it. So that's the nice thing about the robo-advisor. The, the automation gets you doing it. A financial advisor is not going to just do just investing. They're going to give you, like, a big picture on some of the other issues of your life. I think a robo-advisor is perfect for smaller portfolios. I think as you get older and your financial needs get more complex, I think you should really look at a financial advisor. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show.